Welcome in, everybody. I am here today at the one and only Cavens Group. Always love being out here on a Wednesday this week. And uh, Gary and the crew out here, always super hospitable. And as we've told you time and time again, they are the very best in the business at what they do, water testing for pollutants, uh, new services available, meth inspection testing, cleanup services, fire testing for wildfires and structural fires. They do everything here at Cavens Group. And again, as I've said, you really need to, if you get a chance, put Cavens in your phone contacts because you never know when that emergency is coming your way. And you want to call the very best and you want to call them as quickly as you can because they have more units than anybody else. They have better trained units than everybody else to come out and take care of your problem, whatever it may be. Here at Cavens Group, 13 years in business, giving back to the community, good local people that are uh, the experts in the field. Gary Cavens and the uh, crew out here are the very best. In the Norman, Oklahoma City area, 405-573-3048. In Tulsa, it is 918-282-7612. Online at CavensGroup.com, C-A-V-I-N-S, CavensGroup.com. Parker Thune, how we doing? Well, it's hump day, Steely, so got to get over the hump, and then we'll be coasting into the weekend, a weekend that should be a pretty good one for the Sooners, assuming assuming all the current trends hold as far as recruiting. We've got the Sooners under the stars, party at the Palace obviously happening this week, and so with Michael Patterson-McDonald set to commit on Monday the 31st, OU fans can expect good news once next week rolls around, but I'll be curious to see if there's good news that pops any sooner than that. Yeah, they never know with the party at the Palace coming up this weekend. When are they going to do a uh, Super Sooner Seniors type event? I mean, they've got the wives out there. It's ladies' night, you know. They've got uh, Sooners under the stars, Junior Day, all this stuff. When are they going to do something for us seniors so I can go out there and, like, kick some ass and some flag football or something? Can we get that going? What would... What would they call it? What would you call it? If you could name that event, what would you call it? Hmm. Sooner Seniors? The geriatric games? I'm not sure. The geriatric maybe, games. maybe the text line could help us out there. What is going on with the volume on this thing? You can't turn it up or down. It's very. This is substandard equipment right here. We must have the red kit. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. All right. Uh, Gary Cavins will join us a little bit later. We also have uh, our man Cade McFarland still going to come on with us, even though we missed the connection last time somehow, some way. It just uh, we didn't make our connection. I don't know if we overthrew him back in studio. And I don't know if Parker was Dylan Gabriel and overshot his uh, – his man on a fly route, or maybe Caden McFarland ran the wrong route. I'm not sure. But I'm excusing myself from any of the blame. Hopefully we will hook up today on the Riverwind Casino Hotline at 135. All right, uh, I want to start out with this clip and then ask everybody a question, all right? As we are getting closer, we are, uh, what, next Thursday, so we're eight days away for uh, Oklahoma's first practice. And I think next Tuesday is uh, the local media We'll get down there and get a chance to uh, to get around the facilities and the players and everything. But, uh, you know, finally, we only have eight more days. That's it. This is what Joel Klatt said recently about the Sooners. And uh, for the most part, Joel Klatt has been pretty good to Oklahoma. Now, he and Cowherd got into it after 
Oklahoma got dominated, of course, uh, by by Texas and after the Kansas State loss and the TCU loss. Remember, at one point they said, Oklahoma's the second-best team I've seen in the country, you know, behind Georgia, and then three weeks later, they're laughing. They're laughing. But uh, apparently Joe Clad thinks the Sooners are on the verge of a big bounce-back season. Here's what he said recently about Oklahoma possibly being maybe this year's TCU. This is really the team that I think um, we should all watch out for in the offseason. That's Oklahoma. They won six games. I already told you earlier they were 0-5 in one-score games. All they have to do is start winning close games, which they should do, and they're easily a 10-win team, maybe an 11-win team. And if they're an 11-win team, in particular in the regular season, 11-1, and they would be playing for the Big 12 championship game. And if you're playing for the Big 12 championship game at 11-1, and guess what? You're probably vying for a playoff spot. And if you're vying for a playoff spot, guess what? You are next year's TCU. So if we're looking for a team that is next year's TCU style, make a run to the playoff, maybe even the national championship game, I'm looking at Oklahoma. I think Brent Venables is a heck of a coach. I really do. They will be better in a conference where just a little improvement takes you from 6 to 10 because you're not trying to jump big boys. There you go. Uh, What he's saying is there is no dominant-looking team in the Big 12 this year, certainly. And uh, when people are projecting, yeah, if Texas doesn't win it this year, they're never going to win it, you know. But – what do you think about what Joel Klatt had to say there? I think, look, what he's saying isn't the hottest of takes. Right, when you're talking about the competition level in the Big 12, it's a lot easier to make the jump, especially if you're in Oklahoma's shoes. Theoretically, it's a lot easier to make the jump from six wins to 11 or 12 wins than it is in most other conferences because there's so much parity. And so you look at all those close losses for Oklahoma a year ago – and it's not difficult to figure, okay, you shore things up on the defensive side of the ball. Dylan Gabriel's a little bit sharper than he was a year ago. And most, if not all, of those tight games start to go your way in 2023. It's also worth noting every single one of Oklahoma's wins, Steely, came by double digits, at least to my recollection. So, Oklahoma, like, it's not a stretch to say that every single tight football game did not go Oklahoma's way in 2022. And that's fundamentally irreplicable in 2023. That's not going to happen again. They might not win all of their close games, but they're certainly not going to lose all of those same close games again. You can't pull that off twice in a row. And so for Oklahoma, yes, they are more than talented enough on both sides of the ball to be the TCU of 2023. Is that my expectation Not necessarily, but if we're just talking about the sheer ceiling, if we're just talking about the possibility of where this team could end up if everything goes their way in 2023, absolutely. Like, this is not, it is not a pipe dream to say that Oklahoma is on the precipice of a playoff spot come the week of the Big 12 championship, depending on the outcome of that football game. Because, and we talk about the schedule a lot, right? There are 10, 11 wins on that schedule. There should be. At least. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As as we've said, and I think you and I agree on this point, that to me, like the bottom floor for this season would be like nine wins. And that, to me, would be a disappointment. You've got to get to double-digit victories this season. So with what Joel Klatt said there, and you're right, I mean, think about that Bob Stoops team in his second season. They were, what, 19-20 in the uh, AP poll at the start of the season, came off winning uh, seven games the previous year. They're moving back in the right direction. But nobody thought, nobody thought, you know, that team's going to go out and win a national championship. And I don't think this Oklahoma team certainly is going to do that. But could they get to the playoffs somehow if they improve on both sides of the ball with that schedule? Yes. Now, my question to you guys on the text line today, and you too, Parker, obviously, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, when are we really going to know, and what do we need to see to know that Oklahoma is really back? I'm not talking about a team that can go out and win 10 games with a pretty pretty cake schedule, to be honest with you. What do you need to see to know that Oklahoma is truly back? And I'm talking about thinking about an Oklahoma team, if this team plays well, they could compete and have a chance to win a national championship. Um, you know, you, you go back to the Baker and Kyler years, the Jalen Hurts year even, when you kind of thought, yeah, Oklahoma, the chips fall where they may, and they play well, and they don't slip up. You know, they've got a chance at least to get to the playoff and win a national championship. What's it going to take? What do you guys need to see? And what will be the uh, the real sign that Oklahoma is truly back? Now, they haven't gone far, but let's face it, it was the worst season in 25 years at Oklahoma. But the good news is when you're Oklahoma, usually it takes something like, you know, a horrible coaching situation, bad hire like Howard Schnellenberger, John Blake, great guy, good position coach, good recruiter, not a good head coach, you know, and all of a sudden the Sooners were in that valley, you know, for four years. And it was a deep, dark valley that they were in. But you get the right guy in with Bob Stoops two years later. After that, you're winning the national championship and you're back to being Oklahoma again. So, again, the Sooners haven't uh, fallen that far. And I, and I know six and seven looks horrible. But that was a four-year stretch of really bad football, and even Gary Gibbs years, you know, and I think Gary's a good football coach. I really do. But, you know, post-Switzer, uh, you know, they weren't quite up to par. They they didn't beat Colorado, Nebraska, and Texas enough. They, you know, I think, what, Gary beat Nebraska once, I believe it was. Colorado, that game in Boulder was finally kind of like the last straw for Gary Gibbs. But, you know, he was kind of in a, in a tougher situation after Switzer uh, was forced out. But what do you guys, what do you need to see where you're convinced that, I Oklahoma is truly back? What do you think? What do you think, Parker? I think in order to be back at Oklahoma, and I think that, well, honestly, right as I was about to say this, Sean hit the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line to say the words that were in my mouth. Uh, you got to win a conference title, I think, because that's, that's been the standard at Oklahoma the last – decades and well honestly longer than that but like playing for championships there's still very obviously another step that needs to be taken there in order to move Oklahoma from I would say tier two in college football up to that top tier with Bama and Georgia and Clemson and Ohio State but one thing at a time right get back to winning conference titles I think in 2023 that means put yourself in contention to make a run at the Big 12 title. Get yourself to Arlington. It's very feasible given that schedule. 
if you get to Arlington, I think we can comfortably say Oklahoma is back because Arlington is where they expect to be. I mean, heck, Dylan Gabriel said as much at Big 12 Media Days. He said, we believe and we expect that we are going to be here come the first weekend of December. So that is Oklahoma's expectation. That has been the standard at OU over the course of Muleshoe's tenure and the latter half of the Stoops era was that Oklahoma was at the very least going to be playing for a conference title. So get there, and I think at that point you can confidently say Oklahoma's back and positioning themselves in the year in the years to come to be able to make a championship run. Everything all right back there? There's an amber alert or something. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know if somebody was disagreeing with your take there or not. but It was very you know, disorienting. I think you and Sean are thinking uh, along the right line. Sean's been a, a good listener, you know, uh, to this station for a long time, smart guy. And, yeah, I mean, think about it. Oklahoma has bullied this conference for a long time. They uh, Finally, the rest of the league went Ralphie on them in a Christmas story last year and got their licks in on Oklahoma. But the Sooners need to return to being the bully. Winning a conference championship would be a great, great step in that direction. And another sign for me is, you know, when you're still recruiting well and you're 6-7, and seven, that shows you that it's just going to take a little bit for Oklahoma to return to uh, being one of those teams, one of those schools that has a chance realistically almost every year, at least has a chance to compete for a championship. And that can still happen in the SEC, too, particularly with the 12-team playoff on the way. All right, we got to take a break right here, 405-579-3113. That is the number for Lasher Home Comfort Systems, our first-hour sponsor. That AC is getting a workout right now. Hopefully it's still throwing strong, but you don't need your AC throwing heat. You need it to be super cool. If you need it to get cooled down, give our friends at Lasher Home Comfort Systems a call, 405-579-3113. All right, we stole directly from the Plank Show. That's I'm a thief. I'm an audio thief. But when I heard this this morning, I thought, oh, yeah, that's too good. We had a real rarity in college football the other day behind a microphone. We'll get to that and more of your texts coming up next here on The Ref. Here at Cavens Group on a Wednesday, 13 years in business, giving back to the community and doing the very best job at cleaning up emergency situations. That's what Cavens Group is all about. Check them out online with their new website, Cavens Group, C-A-B-I-N-S, CavensGroup.com in uh, the Oklahoma City, Norman area, 405-573-3048. That is 405 405- Five seven three thirty forty eight, and in the uh, Tulsa area nine one eight two eight two seven six one two. They also do roofing. Uh, their guy out here, Chris Smith, will treat you right. Super professional as well. Cavens Group is where we are every week. We missed last week because I think Gary was on vacation, but uh, happy to be back here at Cavens Group. All right, before we get to the text line and see what you guys have to say on uh, the question we threw out there, when will we truly know? And what are the indicators that Oklahoma is truly back? as a a perennial contender, a contender to get to the playoff and win the national championship. But first, uh, I heard this on the Plank Show this morning. I was laughing about it, and I said, I think I can play around with the audio on that, too. This is the the regular soundbite. This is Charlotte 49ers head football coach Biff Poggi, and he was at American Conference Media Day, 
And uh, American Conference, all, obviously, that's the one Tulsa's in as well. And they were picked near the bottom of the barrel in the American Conference. And uh, Uh-oh, no, the, Amber the Amber Alert come Alert. for you too? Yes, it did. I thought somebody was trying to tell me, don't play this audio. It's got a bad word in it or something. But no, I edited the, this clip down, so I know it doesn't. But anyway, towards the end, his, uh, his meeting with the media lasted four minutes and 49 seconds which is about half as long as a Brent Venable soundbite, right, after one question. But he, this is the end of the exchange, and, you know, coaches are usually, you know, we're going to do this, going to do that, and they, they're usually in a pretty upbeat mood trying to be as positive as possible. Here is the end of Biff Pogey's presser at the American Conference Media Day. Television networks are making and have been making a lot of money off of these kids for years. I think it's the right thing to do is to have them to be able to earn off the sweat of their brows and the work of their back. We're in that game, and we want to be in it, and we're going to stay in it. That's it? Three questions? Maybe that's because you have us ranked last. That's all what you think of us. So that, that, we get that message. Thank you. All right, so there you go. You don't hear that very often, do they? Do you, Parker, at a press conference where the coach is basically, really, all you got for me is three questions? I'm out of here. Well, I mean, that's that's a first. I love it. <laughs> that's a first-year college football coach at a program that is brand new to FBS conference competition. I believe they were an independent for a couple of years, but Charlotte – as an institution, has not been competing at the FBS level for all that long. So a program that's pretty fresh on the scene, a coach that's entering his first season, naturally, I mean, you go to media days, you're not going to face that many questions because very few reporters in attendance are going to be very familiar with your program. <laughs> what you so, hey, what hey, what about Cedric Maxwell? Cornbread Maxwell played at Charlotte, you know, played with Larry Bird. What are, you, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, what do you ask? All right, so, Parker, I decided to enhance this audio with some crickets and snoring in the background. Oh, Let's boy. try it one more time. Bit posy with some sound effects. Television networks are making and have been making a lot of money off of these kids for years. I think it's the right thing to do is to have them to be able to earn off the sweat of their brows and the work of their back. We're in that game, and we want to be in it, and we're going to stay in it. That's it? Three questions? Maybe that's because you have us ranked last. That's all what you think of us. So that that we get that message. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> I love the emphatic table pounding at the end. <laughs> it was a walk-off. That's the way I snore, by the way. I recorded myself last night, if you uh, caught that snoring. That's, that's exactly how I sound when I snore, right there. So, anyway. Okay, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's get there right now. Robert from UConn says, can we not start using the term Oklahoma is back? It has such strong Texas vibes. Yeah, I guess so. You know, I, I get where you're coming from there. Yeah, because Texas is never back. They haven't been back for a while, even though they 
you know, we ask that every year. I, I guess we can just say, when are we going to know that Oklahoma is a serious championship contender again? What are the signs? Rodney 405-651-3439. Sorry. Rodney from Denton says, we won't know they're back until they beat a good SEC team. You can't say that this year with our schedule this year. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, we really, we're not going to know anything through the non-conference season. Now, again, you can look and see if the, the one thing you want to see in the non-conference season is for them not to struggle with Arkansas State, SMU, or Tulsa. All due respect to Tulsa and SMU, no respect to Arkansas State. But, I mean, you need to go out and win those games handily and not have to, you know, pull some of these situations, you know, when Tulane came in, you know, that year from Muleshoe, and you're like, you're having a, a Nebraska team that was maybe average coming in, and you're having to fight for your lives in those games. You need to go out and dominate this non-conference. We may know something maybe after Cincinnati, Let's say they go to Nippert Stadium, and Cincinnati is not not nearly as good. Luke Fickle has moved on to Wisconsin. They lost a lot of guys. Uh, this isn't the playoff Cincinnati we saw a couple years ago. But if you go out and win that game 42-14 to or something like that, or 42-17, and really control the game, maybe that's a sign. Back to the text line. Captain Willard says, oh, you will be back. When the curse of Mule Shoe is finally lifted, this means you make a playoff and win, not get embarrassed on national TV when you're exposed as an imbalanced team that can't play elite defense. The biggest exposure probably to me, like you can look back, you know, that uh, that Oklahoma team that got its butt kicked by USC in the championship game. It was it just it was a snowball going downhill once the Mark Bradley fumble happened. And USC was, I think, probably the better the better team. Certainly were that night. But that was an Oklahoma team that, that should have played that game a lot closer. But to me, the LSU Joe Burrow game I believe that LSU could have scored 100 points if they wanted to in that game. I mean, it, it, that was just – and, look, you can talk about the, the, the Bama-Kyler Murray game. You know, it, was, it looked like, okay, pretty much over after the first quarter, but at least Oklahoma hang, hung in there and made some plays and made it somewhat respectable. What was the one for you? Would it, would it have been that LSU game? We all know they probably should have won that Georgia game. But to me, it was the LSU Peach Bowl semifinal nightmare. That Peach Bowl was just no fun for any, like I I honestly I felt about that game similar to how I did about the Texas victory last year or rather well the, the victory for Texas the absolute embarrassment that was the Red River showdown for everybody on the Oklahoma side of things but to watch Oklahoma just get their teeth kicked in for 60 minutes straight it made me wonder, like at a certain point, even if you're the most diehard LSU or Texas fan, don't you just want this game to end? Like, aren't you just tired of watching an absolute thrashing? It was bad, man. It was really bad. And I don't know if that was uh, – was that one worse than the Cotton Bowl? You lose – first of all, I you know my, uh, my uh, dislike for LSU – uh, you know, the Cotton Bowl game, sure, it's embarrassing and everything, but circumstances kind of dictated that Oklahoma was in big trouble anyway. We didn't know it was going to be that bad. 
but to be shut out at least at least uh wasn't uh, they didn't hang the half a hundred they were one short of that but. oh man here's here's a text from a listener in the 405 moga make oklahoma great again sell hats uh-oh moga make oklahoma great again huh oh, boy. interesting <laughs> very interesting all right, 405-651-3439. Some good responses so far. Keep them rolling in. 405-651-3439. We probably won't know really anything what until uh, maybe after the Cotton Bowl. We'll have an idea where this Oklahoma team is. Main thing you got to do early, go decimate that non-conference schedule. Don't mess around. And You know, like I said, uh, take care of business in those games. Get to play, you know, Jackson Arnold, more significant snaps later in the game or whatever, and just take care of business. Don't mess around with your non-con. Dominate the non-conference. Go to Cincinnati. Start Big 12 play. Win that game. Uh, Because, again, I I think that uh, this Sooner team should win double-digit games. If they don't, it's going to be a big disappointment, I think. Break time here. we got Gary Cavins coming up. We've got more of your texts coming up. Cade McFarland at 135. And I I love what uh, Bob Stoops was uh, talking about yesterday. A lot of good stuff. Love for Bill Biedenboe. Talking about I really was fascinated what, by what he had to say about Oklahoma and uh, Army. We remember the 2018 game, but Bob Stoops talking about he told Josie, I don't want to play Army. We'll have that audio for you coming up later as well. Stay with us. We are back here at Cavens Group. Gary's going to join us in just one second. They are the best of the business at what they do, uh, emergency uh, services, cleanup, restoration. Uh, they will get you taken care of. I have said it would be a great idea to put Cavens uh, number in your contacts and put, like, Cavens uh, emergency, uh, 405-573-3048 in the uh, Oklahoma City area in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. All right, so Gary will be here in just a second. I, you know, I think about very important things, uh, Parker Thune, like how to improve this world in my spare time, which I don't have a lot of. But uh, I was thinking about a person that we need to question now, and maybe do we need this guy because he's everywhere? Okay, that guy. That guy is pointing at a guy posing in a picture guy. So, like, if you're taking a picture with a recruit or if you're taking a picture with your buddy or somebody else, maybe you see Toby Keith out or Barry Switzer out or, I don't know, some other super celebrity, Toby Rowland or somebody, and you kind of put your arm around him or you stand next to him and you point to him. It's like, why do you have to, are you trying to say like, hey, you see this guy right here, huh? You see this guy? I I want to make sure you see this guy because maybe you don't think he's in the picture. But look at this guy right here. So I'm talking about pointing at a guy, posing in a picture guy. That guy's everywhere. I know. I must admit I am guilty of this, Steely. Whenever whenever there's a fan or a listener or a subscriber that asks me for a picture, I'll, I'll generally do that. I don't know why. Like Why do of... we have to point at the other guy? We know, The people in, the, who look at the photo can see the guys there. They probably know, like, let's say you have a picture with Travis Davidson, or maybe you go see our man Kendall, at, and you're in Tulsa, and you, Kendall's probably going to be pointing at you, and you're going to be pointing at him. You don't have to point in the picture. I don't get it. 
Maybe we need another move there. I'm just saying. These are the kind of problems that I think about every day. Okay, uh, Gary, I think he's going to be here in a couple minutes, but we can uh, while we wait, why don't we go to the uh, Kennebecke Meyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. If you know, pointing at a guy, posing in a picture guy, tell him just stop. You don't have to point at the other person. Okay, to the Kennebecke Meyer Chevrolet text line we go. Shark says, EMSA, eliminate mule shoes, redacted attitudes. <laughs> I wonder what the S stands for. Well, I do like this culture. And, again, look, every coach, every player is going to talk about their culture. But I do think there was a, a bit of a lax uh, attitude and culture. And I think part of the re- you know, they, they weren't getting enough good guys on defense. And they still had – think about the last Mule Shoe season when you had – uh, Nick Benito, DTY, Isaiah Thomas, Perion Winfrey, guys like that, Brian Asamoah. Uh, it's not like they were completely devoid of talent, but they just couldn't get that defense to play well enough on a weekly basis. Uh, and, again, was that an SEC-level defense? Certainly not. But it's not like they were just running a bunch of uh, total, uh, uh, you know, no-names no out there. But I do think that – and. Don't you think that attitude shows up, maybe not the toughest attitude? I'm talking about because they had some tough guys on that roster, but as a team, they didn't really have that. And that's how you end up, you know, going down to the last possession with Tulane or, you know, an average Nebraska team hanging with you. A lot of those games that were way too close. I think that's a product of the culture as much as anything else. From the 405, great take on pointing picture guy, like they're trying to prove something. Yeah, pointing picture guy, we can see the other guy in the picture. And if it's Toby Keith or somebody, you don't have to point out, hey, that's Toby Keith. We already know it. So, yes, I think we need to get rid of pointing at another guy in a picture guy. That, that's just my take. Uh, hey, the man here, the guy here is Gary Cabins. Hang on, Parker. We'll go right back to the text line here in a minute. Uh, this is important stuff that we're talking about. What do you think about the guy who points at the other guy in a picture? You see that as much as I do, Gary, where they're, like, together, like, hey, look at this guy right here. Yeah, I, mean, I see that quite a bit. What, what are they trying to say? Like, you're not going to recognize that, hey, there's another guy in this picture. This guy's pointing him out to me. <laughs> like, I need to make sure that he's there. Oh, it's Barry Switzer. I wouldn't have known. Yeah, you know? I know. I so, know. All right, so what's going on at Cabins? Oh, just, uh, you know, normal stuff, a little bit of mold here, a little bit of uh, roof inspections here, and just uh, a few emergency water extractions there. So a little bit of everything. You know, I can make a joke here and say with me there's a little bit of mold happening too with me. (laughs) So maybe you need to inspect me. That didn't sound right. But, uh, you know, we talked about it is so hot out there. We got a little bit of a break last week. But, uh, you know, just because there's not water present, uh, that doesn't mean that mold can't be. And we still had a lot of rain. How can you, if you're going around your house, how can you detect, even when it's 104 degrees outside or whatever, hey, you know, maybe there still could be a mold problem here because of all the rain. What do you need to be looking for if you're a homeowner or business owner? 
Hey, you're 100% right, Steely. You know, the, the thing is, is we had a lot of rain at the beginning of the summer. There was a lot of moisture. Um, we've had a high humidity this summer, and high humidity and water equal mold if it's getting into the building envelope, whether it's commercial or residential. And, you know, the signs to look for is, you know, any kind of water staining on the walls, on the bottom of the walls, on the ceilings, uh, on your flooring. Um, and then if you see any kind of uh, black or any kind of fuzzy growth on the walls or anything like that, um, then you probably need to give us a call. So um, if you have water staining on the walls or floor, give us a call. If you see anything fuzzy growing on the wall and um, you know it's, uh, you think it might be mold, give us a call. We can come in, we can look at it, we can tell you what's going on um, and make sure it's a healthy environment for your employees at, at work or a healthy environment for your family at home. Uh, because mold affects everybody differently, and it's one of those things that you want to get right on top of when you do have an issue because you don't want it to affect anybody's health. Absolutely. All right, I want to ask you a question because you guys have such a great reputation for all the work you do with, uh, you know, uh, mold investigations and cleanup and fire and water and all of that stuff. We've talked about roofing. What would you say to somebody that maybe is the underrated part of uh, Cayman's. I'm not saying that maybe that you feel like they also need to know about because we know we always hit on fire, water, and mold. You guys are the best in the business. We know that Chris and the roofing guys do a great job. Is there something maybe that people need to a little bit know a little bit more about that, hey, Cayman's does this too that you might want to get out there? The testing, whether it's a uh, you know, water intrusion investigation or mold or meth lab or Um, smoke and fire testing, all that. You know, something we don't talk about a lot is probably uh, air duct cleaning, Uh, air duct cleaning and dryer vent cleaning. Um, You know, we do air duct, our maintenance techs will come out and do air duct cleanings and dryer vent cleanings. Uh, Dryer vent cleanings are great because it helps you save energy um, and your clothes dry faster. Um, And then on the air duct cleaning, it's really good because you, that's the air you're breathing that's coming through that system. So you want to keep it clean. And it's something good to maintain it, too. I've been in a few buildings lately that are like 20-year-old buildings that their air ducts have never been cleaned, and there's mold growing inside of them and um, all kinds of nastiness in there. And that's what these people are breathing at this place of business. And, you know, it's something where it just needs to happen. Um, it's good for your employees if you, you own, a comp- own a building or have a company. Um, and it's also good for you at home, too, to just have it cleaned. You know, you don't need to cl- necessarily clean it all the time, but, you know, to have it once a year or once every two years is something to say. I would definitely, definitely have your air ducts cleaned for sure. We've never had our air ducts cleaned, so I'm sure we probably need it. It's probably really <laughs> bad, really bad. We need to get on top of that. All right, uh, Gary, always appreciate you. Gary is also like, you know, he is the uh, CEO of this great company with this great reputation, uh, best in the area in terms of what they do, giving back to the community and everything. But he's also like a college student. He's always packing up and going to another class, too. A hundred percent. I've got some uh, college classes that I'm currently taking right now. Um, uh, to get a little bit, and then we've got some certification classes classes that we've been taking uh, and continuing education classes. So we're always learning here, always developing. You know, on the environmental side, you know, it's it, it this is cutting-edge stuff, and, you know, we're always learning and we're always 
buying the newest equipment and updating our skills and buying new testing equipment. Um, we've spent thousands upon thousands of dollars on testing equipment and to have the best in the business. We just handled a big water loss um, that happened a few weeks ago uh, on a four-story building where we had to bring in uh, our thermal imaging cameras and everything. And we, these cameras aren't like $500 cameras. These are thousands and thousands of dollars um, cameras. And we, we use them to uh, uh, look for moisture in walls. Uh, because, you know, we know when a building floods, we can track it down to the source. But when it's a, a flood from a rain source or directional rain, then we have to track it down where it's at in the walls, where it's at in the ceilings. And just probing it and doing the normal stuff doesn't work. So you have to bring in these really expensive cameras that we have. We have several of them. And we can look through the walls and the ceilings and everything. And we've been trained on how to track that water and get it dried out and also track down the issues so that we can make sure it doesn't happen again. There you go, Gary Cavins. I appreciate it. You know who's SEC ready? Cavins. They are, no 100%. doubt. I mean, they're SEC ready already. They can take down any of these other companies who do this stuff in the SEC. There's no doubt about it. Oh, no 100%. Doubt. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate it. The one and only uh, Gary Cavins. Again, in uh, the Oklahoma City area, 405-573-3048, Stillwater, Tulsa, do I need to mention Stillwater? Is that cool on this show? Now we'll just mention Tulsa today, even though they do service Stillwater. But 918-282-7612 and online at cavensgroup.com. Quick break right here, right back to the text line. Appreciate you guys' patience today. Parker, sorry for the interruption there. Uh, we had to get Gary on because he had to get out of here. He's always on the move somewhere. All right, break time. Coming right back here on the Home of Sooner Fans. want to thank uh, Ortho Central for our audio clips that we have uh, run so far today. Appreciate them. Clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now the Tri-City location. Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard serve there. These full-service clinics are the very best treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Let's get to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Parker, fire away. To the text line, we go. Kevin and Tulsa says, thanks, Parker, for bumping working man on a working man Wednesday. Rush rules. <laughs> That's nice. Yes, man. May Neil Pert rest in peace. Man, how long ago was it that we lost Neil? For my money, the greatest drummer that ever was. Yeah, I I would go uh, I would go with Neil Peart, and I like uh, you know John Bonham, Ginger Baker, guys like that are uh, are really good. But if I had to pick one, I would go I would go Neil. Elsewhere on the text line from the nine one eight, I drove near Mule Shoe the other day. All I smelled was bullcrap. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of that that goes around in Mule Shoe. Ronnie Crimson says Mule Shoe recruited too many twerps and nimrods on the defensive side. A uh, lot of the, a lot of folks on the text line are freaking out, for lack of a better term, because David Stone just did an interview with Chad Simmons of On Three, where he laid out plans to take official visits to Texas A&M and Alabama this fall. So. Hmm. Again, folks, I t- you can't really put a timeline on the whole David Stone deal. That kid is a troll. 
He likes attention. He loves the process. And there is no clear indication as to when he's going to be done with it all. And it is a fruitless endeavor to try and figure when this thing is going to be wrapped up. Because this is a five-star defensive lineman who is going to milk this thing for all it's worth. But you still think it will be Oklahoma? I do. Maybe not on the timetable that folks want, kind of like the Peyton Bowen deal. Right? It was Oklahoma in the end. That didn't mean that people were, weren't still pissed about how long it took for Oklahoma to be the choice and how arduous that whole ordeal was. Now, in the end, I think, I think Peyton Bowen will be more than worth the headache that he gave Oklahoma recruit Knicks when his career in Crimson and Cream is all said and done. But somebody asked, is Stone really going to drag this out until National Signing Day? I mean, you can't rule that out. You can't. Again, there is no clock on this thing, none whatsoever. Well, my deal is uh, I'm extremely mature about this stuff. If a, a five-star kid wants to leave the state of Oklahoma, you'll see you know, some people wish him the best and just hope he has a great career and move on. I'm like, nope, nope, uh, enemy of the state. A listener, That's where I put him, enemy li- of the state. A listener here in the 405 says, OMG, Stone is not coming to OU. Get over it. That listener also texted yesterday to say that Dylan Gabriel sucks. So, it appears we have a boomer doomer in the fold. The doomers are going to doom. There's a lot of gloom and doom on uh, social media. LG Sooner 63 says, What gets me about Stone is he puts on Twitter how hard this process is, but yet seeks constant attention. Well, welcome to the world of five-star recruitments, folks. Not only that, uh, there are also plenty of adults on social media seeking attention constantly. So That's what social media is. You know what it is? Look at me, look at me. The people who have to respond to every tweet or get and jump, jump in every argument, that's why I say get outside. Of course, I'm not getting outside. It's too hot. But you need to get outside and get alive. To join in every conversation, We are, this is a narcissistic look-at-me society. It's not only 18-year-old kids. There's a lot of other adults looking for attention, too, constantly. I'm an old man. I'm going to go yell at this cloud outside the window. But we've got another hour to go. Keep it right here. We're going to keep talking, too, no doubt. Actually, one uh, old man and one young man, but we are going to continue talking. I'm here at Cabin's Group. Gary and the crew here, the very best in the business at what they do. We love working with the winners when we come out and uh, do remotes. You know, Riverwind, best of what they do. Cabin's, best of what they do. I was at uh, the Julia Chu Agency not long ago, State Farm Agent, best of what they do. We like the best. Now, I'm not the best, but I like, you know, going out and representing the best businesses. I'm going to the old-timers game soon. Hopefully I can get around the bases if I ever hit the uh, home run in the old-timers game. All right, 405-651-3439. Gary and company will do great work for you. Emergency services, cleanup, remediation, water, fire, mold. They are the best. Uh, As Gary says, he's always taking the latest classes. He's always in school, too. You know what they're doing? This is what the best do. They're already the best, and they're still 
trying to get better. And that's what they're doing here at Cavens. Call them in the Oklahoma City area, 405-573-3048. Put that number in your contacts, Cavens emergency or however you want to label it label it but whenever something comes your way that's really not cool that's an emergency eventually we're all going to have something we we don't want to deal with whether it's a roofing issue hail you know whatever all those strong winds flooding mold maybe a fire hopefully not uh but again you have that number ready in the Oklahoma city area 405-573-3048 uh, and in uh, Tulsa, 918-282-7612, Cavens Group, 13 years in the business, giving back to the community. Over the past five years, nearly a half million dollars invested back into the community. That's what uh, makes Cavens the best. All right, 405-651-3439. Right before we go uh, back to the text line, I, I thought this Bob Stoops is always good on Tuesdays. Yesterday's was great, propping up Bill Bedenboe, you know, Talking about, you know, and I've I heard the story before when, you know, when Bob was trying to get Bill Biedenboe to come to Oklahoma, and Biedenboe basically stops his spiel on trying to sell the Sooners. And he's a coach, you're going to offer me the job or not? I'm ready. I'm ready to go. But also, Teddy asked Bob a question yesterday on the rush about the word that Army is getting away now from just being a triple option team and uh, going to be more modern with their offense. And I, I thought this exchange, it's about two minutes, but it's really, really excellent stuff. Teddy talking to Bob Stoops about Army again, getting away, getting away uh, from the triple option. Army says they're no longer going to run the triple option. They're moving on. They're going to get more, more modern with their offense. And it's just kind of weird to say goodbye to that, I guess. I don't know. I also know what a headache it is, especially now. I mean, there was a time when everyone kind of ran a little bit different of an offense, and now they're all almost exactly the same. And then you throw in a triple option, it just throws a wrench into the whole thing. Oh, it's it's such a drastic change Yeah, that I, I thought it always gave them an advantage. Um, and I knew when we played them here, if you, if you turn the ball over once or even twice, you play right into their hands, it's going to be a knockdown drag out, and that's what we had. Um, they control the ball. They make every third and short, every fourth and short. Um, so I don't. I'm not going to argue with their their coach, who I think's an awesome guy. Uh, but I'd be, you know, if I was playing them this year, I'd be glad they're not doing it. Do you think they struggled getting games like non-conference games? Well, that, I guarantee you, that's yeah, what it is. That's got to be. I, I wouldn't play them. I told Joe Castiglione, there's no way I would play them. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to play them. I wouldn't play them. It, it's, here's what happens, too. People don't realize this. Oh, it's just an offense. You can adjust in a week. No, you can't. You cannot play that offense without working it for a week camp. and two a days, yeah. a week in camp, a week when you get ready to play them. You can, so when you invest two, three weeks in playing this team, you're going to play one time, and you're not going to see anybody like them the rest of the year or the rest of the next five years. So it's an incredible investment for a team that everyone expects you to beat, which is going to be hard to beat, and it's something you're never going to see again. It's, it just doesn't make sense. And I, I, I promise you, like you just said, Teddy, that's probably why they're getting away from it because nobody wants to schedule them. There you go. Good stuff on the rush yesterday with uh, Bob Stoops. You remember Parker. 
2018, Oklahoma had to fight for their lives at home to beat that Army team 28-21 in overtime. Uh, Kyler Murray to CeeDee Lamb pass in overtime. You got a big pick from Parnell Motley to win that game. But the Sooners, man, they had to work for it. In that game in 2018, where the Sooners beat Army again in OT 28-21, Army had the ball for 45 minutes of that game. 15 for Oklahoma. Army ran 87 plays. The Sooners ran 40. Yet they were able to escape with the victory. You have some memories of that game, right? Oh, certainly. I mean, I feel like every, Is that crazy? everybody that was paying attention to OU football during the Kyler Murray era remembers that game as perhaps the most bizarre in what was a pretty bizarre 2018 season as a whole. Because, I mean, you said it, Oklahoma barely had the ball offensively in that football game. And you're talking about a program in Army that is so athletically overmatched and so antiquated and obsolete in the way that they run offense, yet they were able to execute their game plan so effectively that they neutralized for four full quarters of football the most high-octane offense in the entire country that year and that's one of the dangers that you run into with the triple option i mean it's like it's like an avalanche steely once that offense gets going they're tough to stop because they'll just gut you for three yards four yards five yards play after play after play and they might not be popping off any big gains but you're not flummoxing them at the line of scrimmage either they're consistently pushing the ball forward and I think that's part of why the triple option has hung around so long at those service academies, because in today's day and age, obviously those types of programs aren't going to be able to recruit the same type of athlete as their power five peers, their group of five peers. And so they're going to have to rely on controlling the game as much as possible and doing what they can scheme wise to make up for that discrepancy in overall athleticism. Yeah, that that was a – I can remember uh, watching that game. My friend David were like, you're about to lose to Army, man. You're about to lose to Army. I mean, all respect to Army. We love our service people. They're the real heroes out there, but you're about to lose at home to Army. And just thinking about trying to get the ball back. And it was like every possession of the game when Oklahoma had the football was like gigantic because, again, they had it – during the 60 minutes of the game, they had it for 15 minutes. And Army ran 87 plays. Oklahoma ran 40. But I'll tell you this. Right now, if you ask me, and again, this is an old person talking, um, if you could go back to the days of the wishbone and, you know, and watch games during that era or watch games where you're flinging the football all around, you know, um, I would go back to the wishbone. Because, to me, that was the coolest offense of all time. When it was executed, uh, you know, with the, the fullback and the belly series and, the, you know, the halfback has to get the block on the, uh, on, on the, uh, on the corner. And then you've got, uh, you know, uh, you've got a free running back. Back when even Oklahoma was running the counter play or the whatever out of the, uh, out of the wishbone with Joe Washington and Billy Sims. And, you know, even Switzer later in his tenure, you know, when he had a – and he usually had a really good back. But, you know, Billy Sims ran a little bit, some out of the I formation. They ran more out of the I formation 
from time to time when they had Marcus Dupree and you had a running back that was just head and shoulders awesome, uh, better athlete than anybody else. But, man, watching the wishbone was so much fun. When it was executed, you know, whether it was Jack Mildred or Jamel Holloway or Steve Davis or Charles Thompson, J.C. Watts, any of those great wishbone quarterbacks, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. To the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line we go. K-Dub in the 918 says, That OU Army game was very reflective of Muleshoe's entire regime. The other team was able to execute their game plan to a T, but we would somehow find a way to win a close game because we had better players. Yeah, yeah. Think about, uh, you know, I talked about the uh, – it was – Kyler to uh, C.D. Lamb in overtime. And uh, you know what I also remember about that game that stands out to me is uh, Kenneth Murray going and shaking every Army cadet. And and the cadets over there in the end zone and the players making sure that he gave them their proper respect, which I thought was super cool. But, yeah, that was a night where the Sooners were able to squeak out a victory, and you almost feel like felt like uh, Army, with that effort, deserved to win the game. But Oklahoma's... Uh, superior athletes eventually took over. Uh, Sooner Co. Wetzel says, thanks, Steely. I just forgot about that game, SMH. <laughs> Big Rich in OKC says, that is exactly why a team should have an option package in their offense. I don't know. You know, it's um, it's like anything else. You've got to do something a bunch, and you've got to you know go through a lot of repetitions to be really good at it. So, I mean, can you put in maybe a fourth down or a short yardage option play? I'm sure teams have that package, certainly. You know, if you've got a a quarterback who can run a little bit, Oklahoma had that with Jalen Hurts, you know, later, and obviously Kyler Murray too. But um, just in terms of I I don't know how much you can do that, you know, except if you've got a play or two. I don't know. I remember Coach Switzer saying a long time ago, you know, the problem – why the uh, the option offense is is going away, and as Parker elucidated right there, the um, the reason that the service academies uh, can do it is because again, athletically, now these guys have as much heart and courage and are more heroic than most college athletes, but they don't have the speed or the uh, the uh, ability of a lot of these major college athletes, particularly at great programs like Oklahoma, but that option offense gives them a chance to hang in the game and it's it's a it's a, a thing again where uh it's difficult to defend as bob stoops said in the soundbite but um man it sure is fun to watch when it's executed uh let's hit a couple more on the text line before we hit a break true sooner says mike is it okay to point in a picture if the celebrity is pointing at you i say yes Yeah, I guess you could say in that situation, yes. I just don't know how we all became pointed the other guy in a picture guy. I mean, it just looks funny to me. It's like, hey, man, you see this guy right here? Yeah. Make sure that I'm pointing at him so you can see that he's in the picture too. But, yes, I guess if the celebrity is pointing at you, you probably are available. You probably can point back. I don't know. Should there be a rule there? You probably feel a little bit of pressure that maybe I should point at this guy too. Maybe it's a whole pressure thing. This guy's pointing at me. I got to point at him. If he's going to point at me, I got to point back. But I guarantee you'll you'll see it happens a lot on recruiting weekends too. It just became a thing. 
Somebody else, it was Jesse and I on the text line and said, are there any non-dramatic five-star defensive linemen? No, Jesse and Iowa, I'm not convinced that there are. P.J. Adabare is probably as close as we will ever get, and he wasn't even a five-star yet when he committed. Well, let's just say, who was that who uh, sent that again? Jesse and Iowa. Jesse, uh, let's say back in the day, uh, you know, 20 years ago, or let's say you were pursuing, like, uh, Jessica Alba in her prime, <laughs> okay? Do you think that's going to be an easy commitment to get? Do you think you're going to have to deal with a lot of suitors, a lot of suitors who are throwing money and rings and diamonds and all of that stuff in her direction? You're probably not going to get the commitments from Jessica Alba on the first visit 20 years ago. You're going to have to work really hard for it. And then thank your lucky stars if you get that commitment. Obviously you didn't, but you know what I'm saying? It's going to be tough. That's a five-star defensive lineman. In this day and age, who would that be? That might be... uh, um, Margot Robbie is a five-star defensive lineman in this case, right? I don't know who who's younger than Margot Robbie, but I'm saying, you know, those are hard commitments to get. You're going to go get Bertha, the four-star, or the three-star. It's probably you, you don't have to work quite as hard. You know what I mean? horrible analogy but and i apologize but you know what i'm saying am i right parker no i look there's truth to that wait a minute parker's already wait he's distancing himself you can tell already (laughs) well there's truth to that but okay go ahead well no i like i will say it's a it's a pretty all things considered it's a pretty solid analogy steely because you know if you want to land the five star you're going to have to put up with some BS along the way. That's, that's right. That's just how it goes. It's yeah. baked into the pie. Yeah. And you think during that process that Jessica Alba probably wouldn't have had her picture out with some, I don't know, Backstreet Boy or something back in the day or another actor or something, and, they, you know, then the, everybody's going to react, did you see Jessica Alba out with, you know, Nick Lachey or whoever? I don't know who it would be. That's what David Stone is going through right now. Master of bad analogies. I got my MBA, Mike Steely. Master of bad analogies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep it here. Mike Steely, Parker Thune on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network, coming right back. More of your texts on the way next. Keep it right here. Let's kickstart another segment right here. I want to thank our friends at Riverwind Casino, nearly 3,000 electronic games. They've got the best electronic game assortment. They have their brand-new refurbished gaming floor. looks incredible. The remodel took a little while, but it was worth it. The good thing about the renovation there is they did little parts of the casino, one small area at a time, so everybody could continue to come into Riverwind and you know, eat well and play some games. And uh, we do have the Showplace Theater back now as well. And we've got great shows at the Showplace Theater, including one Friday night with Josh Turner on the uh, Showplace Theater stage. We have comedian Gabriel Iglesias doing two shows on Saturday. Shows soon to come, Dwight Yoakam, Counting Crows, REO Speedwagon, Chicago, Joe Nichols and Tyler Farr, Foreigner, Rodney Carrington. Two shows for Rodney Carrington, as a matter of fact. Aaron Lewis, Flatland Cavalry, Lee Bryce, and Boys to Men. 
all coming to the Showplace Theater. So great to have the Showplace Theater back. Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Collective Soul, we've had those shows. They were both spectacular. Josh Turner will light up the Showplace Theater stage this weekend. Get your tickets online at riverwind.com. That is riverwind.com. Or if you're uh, there at the casino, just stop by the uh, Showplace Theater box office. And don't forget, we've got another Beats and Bites show coming up. One more with Gary Allen. Gary Allen with the Jason Young Band to start out the festivities. And then Gary Allen, uh, the headline performer, coming up August 26th on the uh, Coupel Works Beats and Bites stage. Local food trucks everywhere. Games for the kiddos. Arts and crafts. Really a great experience. Bring your lawn chairs, your folding chairs, whatever you want to call them. Have a great time outdoors at the uh, Beats and Bites show with Gary Allen, presented by Riverwind and Coop Ale Works, coming up August 26th. Kids under 12 getting free, and the tickets for the Beats and Bites shows, they are only 10 bucks a piece. One of the best entertainment bargains around uh, Beats and Bites show. And maybe, maybe... I don't know. I don't know anything for sure yet, but there might be something happening in the fall as well. Remember, we had that uh, Bedlam Beats and Bites uh, last fall as well. So, just be thinking about that. All right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Parker, let's head back to that Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Rodney from Denton says, "I am watching The Bachelor, starring David Stone." Maybe, yeah. We accept this. Uh, you don't give them a rose, though. You give them like an NIL deal. Will you accept this collective? <laughs> I don't know. What, oh. what, what is it? Oh, you, man, knew it was, just... you know, you had this feeling. Man, but I, what would be really strange, though, is the way that David Stone reacts to the Oklahoma commitments you know, uh, reacts to his buddies when they commit to Oklahoma. For him to turn around and go somewhere else would be very unexpected, I would think. It would be, as you said the other day, I said, okay, which would be the bigger surprise if David Stone doesn't wind up at Oklahoma? Would that be a bigger surprise than the D.J. Hicks last-minute flipped A&M uh, you know, which was a very tough day for Sooner fans. And you said it would be David Stone. And, yes, I believe that because, at least in the end, DJ Hicks went where most of his buddies were. David Stone is going to have the opportunity to go where pretty much all of his buddies are or do his own thing, blaze his own trail, and leave his home state. I tend to bet on the former right now. Todd in Midland on the text line says, So, Parker, once you're married, is your house placard or doormat going to say, with a lisp, home of the Thuners? <laughs> By the way, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm laughing at that, and I'm laughing at our man uh, Dave Sittler up in Tulsa. I get to hear from Dave every now and then. Great, great, great writer, great dude. That's when the day when journalists were real and they were spectacular. I mean... I was so lucky growing up, you know, and getting into the field of journalism to to, uh, get to meet and hang around guys like Dave Sittler and Jim Lasseter back in the day. Barry Trammell's a little bit older than me, but uh, not by much. We used to, you know, I was doing OU baseball play-by-play, and he was covering the Sooners back in the day, but also guys that were in the, the media back in the day, uh, you know, in the electronic media, Tony Sellers, Mick Cornett. Robbie Robertson, guys like that. But I just got a text from Dave. 
And he says, Mike, with all due respect, from a fellow senior citizen, are you crazy? The wishbone over the ninja, boring as hell, over exciting as it gets. <laughs> Perhaps I'm still scarred from all the Orange Bowl trips I missed because Nebraska's big red defense turns into a little red embarrassment every time Oklahoma and the wishbone took the field. Dave Sittler, great hearing from you, Dave. That's just, you know, I think a lot of it is what your childhood memories are about. And, you know, when I was growing up, like I said, my first Oklahoma football game was in 1970. And, yes, it was a loss to Kansas State in Norman. It was a good Kansas State team, Vince Gibson, Lynn Dickey. But the next year, the Sooners got it turned around with the wishbone, played in the game of the century, and I got to see the entire Switzer era. Super lucky, just like my dad got to see the entire Bud era. My dad, rest in peace, worshiped the ground that Bud Wilkinson walked on. Now, I don't worship coaches, but believe me, I a, was a big Barry Switzer fan and still am. Um, and, you know, it was, it was all about winning. Yeah, there were a few lean years here and there, 82, 83. But, you know, it's kind of like the music that you grew up with. Now, if I'm not listening to us on the road, you know, like when Shay and I went on vacation recently and we're taking a road trip and I'm on Sirius XM, I'm on the 70s on 7, right? Because that's the music that I grew up and loved, just like the football that I grew up and loved. So I would say I'm more partial to the wishbone myself. But, Dave, I see your opinion, man. Good to hear from you, Dave. You want to get a couple more in, Parker? Uh, Parker, you you need to meet Dave Sittler because Dave we've has had Nebraska him on the show roots. before. Yeah, Dave, but I I'd love for you to meet him in person because he he's got a great uh, history with Nebraska and Oklahoma, and just an overall good guy. And I was one of our best uh, columnist reporters back in the day. Isn't he? I I think I recall him saying he's from Hebron, Nebraska. I if think I'm not that's mistaken. right. Dave, the poor swing capital of the state. And if if Dave is listening, he will confirm that for us. But I like that he used a stronger word when he said, are you something crazy? Dave is very adamant that the, uh, the, the today's football is more exciting than the wishbone. But I think, again, it was more about winning and seeing the Sooners win that way than anything else probably. Like, I don't know how you guys feel, but me – Shay's like, you know, we're going to the 70s music again. I'm like, please. And now, guess what? She's a convert because she got to hear all of her songs growing up. I'm also into Yacht Rock Radio right now, but that'll go away. A <laughs> couple soon. more texts here. Cherokee Sooner says, if Stone goes anywhere but Oklahoma, I will streak at the home opener. A listener in the 310 says, Steely, did you know no foolin' Ron Thulin? Uh, just a little bit. I met him, but I was really super young. Did I, I mean, ever tell but- you? Did I tell you that when I was in college, I was the statistician on one of Ron Thulin's broadcast crews? No. Yeah. Yeah, I worked with him. He said, and I, I direct quote, I'm not tooting my own horn here, at least not trying to, but I remember this distinctly. Ron Thulin said, man, I've never had a stats guy as good as you. I was like, well, all right, Ron, take me with you. You're ahead of the game, Thune. I've, I've said that from day one, have I not? But I believe that Ron Thulin, if I'm not mistaken, I just, just kind of missed out on Ron Thulin, but I think I met him one time. But I believe he's like T-Row. I think he's a former, uh, what used to be 
Bethany Nazarene College way back in the day and is now Southern Nazarene. All right, by the way, I just heard from Dave. Parker has a great memory. Hebron is correct. Love it. There you go. I drive through Hebron every time I'm going home. That's down there is in there way a, southern Nebraska. Is there a water tower that says home of Dave Siddler in Hebron? No, but I can arrange. Like I, I, I imagine if I go to their town hall meeting and say, hey, can we put Dave Siddler's name on the water tower? They're probably not going to fight that, right? No, why not? I mean, let's like, get a Dave don't, Siddler don't bother, water tower. Yeah, don't bother billing yourself as the porch swing capital of Nebraska. Just bill yourself as the hometown of Dave Siddler. There you go. There you go. All right, we got a break right here at Cadence. By the oh, we're a little bit late for Caden McFarland. We've got to make the connection today, Parker. Caden we'll is going to be bare. He was so mad at you. He said, "What the heck was Parker doing?" <laughs> the last time you missed the connection, I said, "I don't know." Trying to tell me, I, I, tr- we just got to get a hold of him this time. We'll he do was it. really upset. Stay with us. He really wasn't, Mike. Well, Steely, I have bad news. No. Right now, either I am Trevor Knight or Caden McFarland is Jaden Gibson. Wait a minute. I just got a Caden. Man, maybe I need a new phone. Have him try me again. All right. All I right. will try him again. Please filibuster goes. for me. I will filibuster. We're going to get like 60 seconds with uh, with Caden. I'm wondering if uh, Parker Thune has an issue with Caden McFarland. I don't think so, but he might be Parker Thune, who we all think is, you know, a very honest young man. I mean, we heard about his wedding party. It's going to be Olipops, and uh, there's not going to be, you know, there won't be any shenanigans there at all. But maybe there's a Caden McFarland issue with Parker. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, let's see what's happening. Steely, Steer. I flung another 40-yard post pattern. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm giving him the number right now. And it I'm giving him not. the number right now. He's staring at his phone and nothing pops up. He probably hears us talking right now. This is a mystery wrapped in an enigma is what it is. And there's a riddle in there somewhere, too. I was trying to do the JFK line. I just blew it. So he's going to be calling you right now. I just gave him the number. We will have like uh, five minutes with Caden, if we can call it that segment. But it was so weird because the last time we were supposed to have Caden on, he goes, I never got a call. Nothing ever popped up. And uh, according to Parker, the phone is ringing. Steely, I have good news. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. Caden McFarlane? We got him. Ladies and gentlemen, we got that, sa- that sounded like the Bin Laden press conference. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Caden, how we doing? There's a big mystery going on here. We're not sure how this is happening. We have no we, idea. We, have no we idea. like you, Caden. We're, we're, we're not trying to troll you here on the phone. but uh, So we'll only yeah. have about six minutes or so. But I want to know to you, did you get to hear the uh, audio from uh, – uh, what's the uh, the UNC coach's name again? Biff uh, Biff Poggi. Yeah, I, were you, you know, there? I was there. I was there yesterday, but not in the room for that. I wish I had been. Uh, hey, <laughs> let, let, let me do this, Caden, real quick. Let me do this real quick for those who are wondering who's Biff Poggi and what happened. This was the end of Biff Poggi 
the uh, Charlotte 49ers football coach now in the American Football Conference with Tulsa. Uh, they had their media day. His media session with reporters lasted four and a half minutes, and this was the very end uh, of the uh, meeting with reporters with uh, Biff Pogey uh, yesterday. We'll play that and react to it. Here it is. I think it's the right thing to do is to have them to be able to earn off the sweat of their brows and the work of their back. We're in that game, and we want to be in it, and we're going to stay in it. That's it? Three questions? Maybe that's because you have us ranked last. That's all what you think of us. So that, that, we get that message. Thank you. In a way that was like Cartman and South Park saying, screw you guys, I'm going home. You know, it was like, or it was more than that, actually. Uh, so Biff Posey, that is the, I mean, that's a, the only other Biff I can remember is Biff Tannen from Back to the Future, and he was a bully. But I guess he felt like uh, the, the media bullied him a little bit yesterday. Uh, that was interesting. That is, it absolutely is. I'm almost positive his, his most recent stop was Michigan, right? Coach with Jim Harbaugh. That is correct. Feely, that's that's just the difference between, and we get it here in the city of Tulsa. We get it every single week. There's covering Oklahoma, and then you go down a bit, and there's covering Oklahoma State, and then you go way, way down, and there's covering Tulsa just in terms of the interest. Right? I mean, that's not me knocking anybody. Them's just the facts. That the the eyeballs that those programs you know generate. There's a big, big difference, and there's a big difference between Michigan and Charlotte. Uh, and that's why a guy like Kevin Wilson only needs three questions to fill 15 minutes, and it's not a problem. He understands. <laughs> He's been around. He knows. Uh, Brent Venables, by the way, three questions. He would he would fill up the 15 minutes. The AAC was allotted oh, without no doubt. without any problem at all. Yeah. Caden, would you have broken the awkward silence in the room and come up with a question to ask Biff Posey if you had been there? You know, it's easy in this day and age because you can basically just say three letters. They just a coach NIL or a coach portal <laughs> go. Uh, so I might have if I had been thinking fast enough. I'll be honest. I don't think I would have been thinking on my feet fast enough. To lob a question this way just, just to appease him, uh, I would have been probably a little bit horrified, to be honest, to be, to be in the midst of the reporters uh, being dressed down by Biff because, you know, we didn't come with Charlotte questions to a press conference in Arlington, Texas. I mean, it, I don't know. It, I don't know. Obviously, Biff doesn't understand the AAC the way I understand the AAC, but we don't have a whole lot of people on this beat just dying to ask Charlotte 49er football questions. So tell me, <laughs> like, tell me, Caden, you said, obviously, you uh, being on the Tulsa beat, you know the AAC better than most. You show up to media days. What are you curious about? Obviously, you don't have Charlotte questions, as you just mentioned, but like you show up to AAC Media Days. What do you want to know? You know, I talk to some radio guys, some podcast guys who talk to anybody and everybody, right, because they just have hours to fill. Uh-huh. By God's good grace, I have three minutes to fill at 10 o'clock, Parker. All I need to be worried about is Kevin <laughs> Wilson and his quarterback and the senior safety can Darren Ray that he brings. That is all I need. And we're at Kansas City Chiefs camp this week, by the way, too, so I didn't even have to fill the full three minutes with the AAC. Um, thankfully, but look, you, you bring up a good point this way. I know infinitely more about the SEC, and OU hasn't even gotten there yet, 
than I do the AAC, especially with six new teams coming at, you know, in and three, the three teams that were really good and running the thing leaving. Um, there's only so much bandwidth. I only have so many hours in a weekend. I, I tell people that I'm doing good if I can watch most of Tulsa's game and keep up with those guys. But they only play four opponents this season that they played last year. It's almost like being in a brand-new conference. Uh, Kevin Wilson kind of made mention of that yesterday. He's not too worried about looking at the film and trying to figure out who these teams are because it's just it's a bit of a fool's errand. Just work on you for the moment. By the way, Caden, having been, uh, you, know, have, you know, worked in uh, television for a little while, you know what it's like, too, with that three minutes. You better not hope there's some uh, storm clouds rolling in. That three minutes is going oh, away pretty quickly, or you're down to 90 seconds, if that. That's, All right. That's a fact. Real- I, I had dinner with Chris Lincoln this week. He's going into the Sports Hall of Fame, I think, next week there in Oklahoma Good for City. Chris. Well deserved. Uh, and, yeah, there's, there's a word he uses for weathermen that I won't use on the air right now. But every time I see him, <laughs> he uses it because we know that phenomenon well. All right, uh, we got about two minutes left since we got you on a little bit late, but let's throw Big 12 Media Days out for you since we haven't talked to you. What was the thing that stood out to you the most about Big 12 Media Days in this last go-round for Oklahoma and Texas? Well, looking around at the number of tripods and reporters asking questions of Oklahoma and Texas and then looking everywhere else and thinking to myself, this league just ain't going to be the same going forward. And there's just... It, I think it can be interesting. I think they've got the perfect commissioner in Brett Yormark. I love how forward-thinking he is. I love that they're going to take swings at, at being unique when and where they can, but it is not going to be the same. I, I don't want to say varsity JV, but it, it's, it's close to that deal, man. It really is. You take OU and tell you, I, I did the research over the weekend. OU and Texas have a combined 107 four- or five-star kids on their rosters this year, and that's more than the other 12 teams combined in this league. It's just amazing going to be a lot of cricket. There are going to be a lot of Biff Pogey or Pogai, however you say his name. There are going to be a lot of press conferences like that going forward, I think. Caden, <laughs> we apologize, man, for the phone issues. But you know what? We'll just have you call us from now on. We know that works at least. We appreciate you, my man. Thank um, you. We found a solution. Thanks, Mike. Caden McFarland joining us on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline. And, again, Riverwind Casino coming up this weekend. We've got another great show at the uh, Showplace Theater, Josh Turner coming up Friday night. A couple of uh, shows for comedian Gabriel Iglesias coming up on Saturday. Uh, Showplace Theater, great venue. It's finally back, man. We Because of the stupid pandemic, which ruined everything, not everything, but a lot of things, for a long time. But guess what? The Showplace Theater is back. They've already had Earth, Wind, and Fire. Last Friday night, they had Collective Soul, one of my favorite bands of the 90s. Josh Turner this Friday night. Two shows for Gabriel Iglesias, the comedian, on Saturday. Shows to come from Dwight Yoakam, Counting Crows, REO, Chicago, Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, Aaron Lewis, Flatland Cavalry, Lee Bryce, and Boys to Men, and many more great acts and artists to come after that at the Showplace Theater. We're just getting restarted, man. And uh, one more Beats and Bites show also coming up on August 26th. That'll be the music of Gary Allen. The Jason Young Band will start out, and then the music of Gary Allen at Beats and Bites 2023 on the Coop Aleworks Beats and Bites stage, August 26th. Get your tickets for these shows at riverwind.com. The Beats and Bites shows are only 10 bucks a piece. Kids under 12 get in free. Great, great value for your entertainment dollar, as always, at Riverwind Casino. We're coming right back. 
Cabins Group, the very best of what they do, emergency cleanup, you have a a fire issue, water emergency, busted pipe, flooding in the home, you know, mold that has started to appear in your home. They can do testing, and they can uh, do the very best job of anybody in the business of getting that taken care of for you. Uh, Chris Smith out here heading up the roofing division does a tremendous job. They've got the best reputation of anybody locally. Uh, really around, uh, you know, they, they serve uh, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Arkansas. They they are uh, really, really have a great reputation in the industry. 13 years in the business, giving back to the community. Cavens Group, 405-573-3048 in the Oklahoma City metro area. In Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Online at Cavens, C-A-V-I-N-S, CavensGroup.com. And, again, I would recommend putting those numbers in your phone contacts. If you have an emergency, again, in the Oklahoma City area, 405-573-3048, Tulsa, 918-282-7612, because they have the most professional crews. They have the most crews. They will get to your place where you need help immediately, faster than anybody else. And they'll do a better job than anybody else. Not trying to downgrade anybody else, but I'm just telling you, Cavens is the five star here. All right? Cavens is the five star here. Don't be three star you when it comes to emergency cleanup. Only go with the five star, Cavens. All right, uh, let's get as many texts in as we can, Parker Thune, before we get out of here on this. What day is it? Oh, it's Wednesday. I was thinking Thursday for a minute because normally we've been out here on Thursdays as well, but. I'm old. I have no idea who I am, what I'm doing, or what day it is. Oh, so boy. let's go. Steely, you and I have been looped into the media. Oh, no. This this reads like a Doug and Norman text, but it's not. Pretty great, actually. This comes from a listener in the 918. Last week, the media lost their minds because someone broke an unwritten rule by simply asking a question. And now the media snickers because the media... Can't come up with more than three questions for a coach. The most entitled group of individuals on this planet. What? How did who? Who lost their mind recently in the media? I don't know if anyone lost their mind. There were plenty of media members that uh, came after. Or rather, I, I wouldn't say came after anybody in particular. I don't know who asked the question, but somebody asked Jimbo Fisher a recruiting question at SEC Media Days last right. week, which obviously a coach can't answer. And so there were a bunch of media members, including myself, that took to Twitter and went, look, like I get that the the big thing at Media Days is they'll pretty much let anybody in regardless of affiliation or lack mm-hmm. thereof, but come on. like If we're going to take the very limited time we have with – power five head coaches at important programs nationally and waste it on questions that they can't answer anyway. I don't know what we're doing here. Right. Well, yeah, and and that's correct. And they're giving out credentials to people that would have never got a credential back in my day, by gosh. And I'm not saying anything bad about them, but, I mean, a lot of these people have no idea what they're doing. None. But – I don't know. I think the bottom line is on that is the guys, the coach at UNC Charlotte, or just known as Charlotte now. And it's their, you know, they haven't been playing football in the American Conference. You've got people. So, yeah. 
I mean, I would have tried to come up with one. I felt bad for the guy, but what do you ask him? Hey, uh, Cornbread Maxwell played at uh, NC Charlotte back in the day. He was a great Boston Celtic with Larry Bird. Any Have you ever met that guy? <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, the media, we're not liked by some people. They they group us into, you know, the, main, the lamestream media. <laughs> I, okay. I get so, but, you know what drives me crazy is people who follow what anybody else says. Like if somebody says the lamestream media, what no matter what side you're on, you've always got to follow. Whether you're a left-wing nut job or a right-wing conservative, I, I hate politics. I've already blocked anybody who tweets politics on my timeline so I don't have to see it. But they always go with the catchphrases. They can't. It's always like such a crowd of followers, you know. Drives me crazy. The lamestream media. But the media, it's an evil group of people. Very evil. I mean, just think about all the evil that covers the Brent Venables press conference. Horrible, horrible people. Man. You can't trust them. All right, we got to get out of here. Thanks to Gary and the crew here at Cavens Construction, Dr. Bellardo and the Advanced Laser Center, Advanced Laser and Cataract Center, and Riverwind. See you tomorrow.